When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply And welcome, everyone, to Rock M Radio. Uh, this is the brand new episode of Dive Cuts. Uh, we've been here for seven seasons, and of course, here to talk all about your Missouri basketball Tigers. I am your host, Sam Snelling. If you're watching us on YouTube, you'll see me to your, uh, to your left. Uh, please take a moment to hit the like button below. Uh, if you have not already, you can also press subscribe, and then you'll get alerts when all these little videos come out. Uh, to my right... Uh, is not the Matt that you are accustomed to seeing, but uh, one that we've seen here frequently at Data Mizzou, Matthew Watkins uh, from just down the road in Glendale. Matt, how are you? Doing all right. How are you? I am doing just fine. Um, we are recording this Monday evening on uh, November 20th, and everything's great. I mean... Mizzou football Tigers, nine and two, chance to get to 10 regular season wins. Something that doesn't happen a lot for SEC programs not named Alabama or Georgia. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Um, I don't know. Not a lot else is going on, at least not that I'm aware of. Nothing happened. I didn't watch a basketball game last night. Um I did watch one a few nights ago that was mildly interesting for about 11 and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, uh, kidding a bit here because uh, if you were not paying attention to uh, to any of the Mizzou results uh, over the 
uh, the weekend. You may have missed that um, the Missouri Tigers came back home for a bye game against the uh, Jackson State Tigers and promptly lost on a uh, not a buzzer beater, but like a you know they pretty much held the lead the entire second half, and Jackson State you know tossed one in with about eight seconds or so to go and. Mizzou could not get a shot off in the in, in the remaining seconds there. So, uh, Watkins, <clears throat> I'm going to throw this banner up here because I think it it speaks for itself. Uh, that was bad. It was a catastrophe. Um, this is the first uh, what I would consider like really really bad moment for Dennis Gates and and his uh, his short tenure at Missouri. Uh, Kanza Martin had. Charleston Southern, uh, you know, Kim Anderson had several <laughs> of these kinds of games. Um, but losing to a SWAC school uh, on your 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 home floor, uh, we I know that there were several Pac-12 schools that went to SWAC schools. Uh, what was that last year, two years ago? It was last um, year. Yeah, and, and, and I think a couple of them took some L's. Uh, it's a good way to, you know what, like, just have a anchor on your NCAA tournament mm-hmm. resume. And uh, yeah, you're going to have to really get ahead of the game uh, because of an early season loss in front of the smattering of fans <laughs> during, during Thanksgiving week. Um, what I mean, are your thoughts? <laughs> there, there's bad losses and then there's bad losses. There's two types of bad losses, in my opinion. Like last year, we, Mizzou had multiple bad losses. Um, you know, what happened down at Auburn, that was a bad loss. They were completely non-competitive. They were down by, what, 30 in the first half. Kansas was a bad loss. I mean, it wasn't losing to either of those teams is not bad in its in of itself. Same thing with Princeton in the NCAA tournament. That's, that's kind of a bad loss. Um, you know, but those teams are quality teams, varying degrees, and a loss to them isn't bad necessarily, but the manner in which it happened is bad. Um, right. But yesterday, there's just no redeeming qualities of it. A loss, no matter how bad to that team, is going to be incredibly harmful to your resume, first of all, but to the excitement around the program. I mean, Memphis, we saw a sold out stadium. Um, the other games haven't been that highly attended, but I think at least outside of yesterday, we've seen more people at Mizzou arena than, uh, than we've become accustomed to seeing over the years in these non-con by game situations. So, you know, you've got a relatively new team. You've got some seniors on the team and, older players who've transferred in, but new together. So it's just a, it's a bad foot to get off of for a lot of reasons. And there's a lot of reasons it happened, but uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's bad. I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I, I try to keep a pretty level, level head, low tone, but man, that's, uh, that's one you're going to remember. Yeah. And I, you know, I think um, we have, at least something of a rep- reputation of sort of being non-reactionary at, at Rock of Nation. Um, you know, I think that goes all the way back to, uh, you know, previous uh, 
not ownership, but, uh, <clears throat> you know, previous, uh, site leaders, um, you know, Bill Connolly, uh, notoriously even handed, especially when it comes to his Mizzou sports fandom. And I think, you know, part of it, when you are, uh, you know, a passionate fan, but, you know, you also enjoy just sort of like college sports in general, you, like you have a little level of understanding of like, oh, you know what, like shit happens, right? Sometimes shit happens good for you. Sometimes it mm -hmm. doesn't, uh, you know, and, and you look at, you know, like Missouri football is, is a good example this year. Um, you know, very fortunate, uh, you know, to win some of the games that they did, um, you know, fourth and 17 is not something that you see converted very often. Uh, and they did. And if they don't get fourth and 17, they don't beat Florida. Um, conversely, I think if you look back, uh, and, and even if you look back at like some of like our recent posts and discussions of, you know, sort of like what Mizzou is and what you can expect, uh, like Matt Harris talking right before the season started about, uh, you know, about luck and, and close games. And, you know, then you see like the Minnesota game happen and, this wild comeback it, it's uh capped off by shawnee's converting a three-point play to take a two-point lead uh with hardly any time missouri missouri barely led in the ball game if at all uh you know prior to that and and you almost start to kind of think all right like maybe there's just something that you know something dennis gates does with his guys that gives them uh you know the, the right mindset late in games and i'm not going to say that that's not the case, but they certainly um, left some ugly marks in the bed <laughs> uh, okay. against Jackson State. And that was down the stretch when, you know, in a game that even though, like, I thought Jackson State played harder, I thought they were more aggressive, I thought they were getting to loose balls, uh, I thought they were just playing harder than Missouri was. Uh, they were executing their game plan better than Missouri was. Um, they were clearly a less talented team. And you know that because Missouri was playing poorly and they were still winning. Um, at some point, I think they had like an eight or nine point lead. Uh, and then down the stretch, they just, they've done something that we haven't seen Dennis Gates teams do. And they just didn't execute. Yeah. Uh, they didn't execute simple things like making your free throws, they didn't execute, you know, valuing the basketball. Like one of the things that I wrote about, um, you know, and, and I want to say it was back in the spring talking about the late game luck, uh, is I, you know, I talked about their turnover rate and how it basically reduces itself to zero, uh, in the last five minutes of these close games. And here we are against Jackson state and they had multiple turnovers. Uh, they foul a guy in a three point play. I mean, you just like, you could just, stack the number of mistakes in the last four or five minutes of that game uh, on top of each other. And, and it all amounts to giving a team that was desperate enough to, you know, <laughs> desperate and, and daring enough to, 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 you know, stay with you and keep making plays. And sure enough, they made the last play. Yeah. I think you brought up a couple interesting points there. One, <clears throat> the energy, you know, I, I, 
as someone who's not in the locker room or on the team, I, I hesitate to ever say someone's not playing hard or they're not playing as hard as the opponent. But two games in a row now, we've heard Dennis Gates himself say that. Um, he said it last night that Jackson State was more aggressive. They wanted it more and they were, I forget ex his exact wording, but said they won every 50-50 ball, which is code words for saying our guys weren't hustling. And then in the Minnesota game, he, I don't really adhere to this theory, but he said it, um, that Caleb Grill getting ejected gave them a boost in energy to go proceed on to the rest of the game. Now, that lagged about six, eight minutes from when that happened to when they actually started playing, and I would not recommend losing one of your starter or starter minute guys and giving free four free points at the free throw line away in the process. But the fact that he's, he mentioned it makes me think that there's something there that he's not really, um, he's not really impressed, I guess, with the way his team is performing in terms of uh, giving maximum energy. Um, and there's a whole lot of other reasons we can talk about that for as well. Um, as far as the rotation goes, but it just seems like he's not getting what he's wanting out of his team. And there's been a lot of secondary effects from that, that the team is seeing now. Um, but to me, it was like, yeah, this game is, it's ugly. Mizzou really shouldn't win this, but they're going to win it. And I believe it was with two minutes left, just under two minutes left. Um, Mizzou was defending and, a ball was thrown out into the Jackson State bench. It looked, at least I was watching on my phone for reasons I'm told, um, that it looked like it probably may have went off of uh, a Jackson State player. And in that situation... I, th you know, I thought there was enough visual evidence on, on the replays that we saw that it, it would have gone the other way. Right. But here we are under two minutes, and anyone who watches college basketball in 2023 knows that any close call ever everyone is let's review it let's review it not a single person on the mizzou bench had any interest in reviewing that. why you know i'm not i'm not saying that they should have or they shouldn't have but that's highly well they should have <laughs> I, I agree they, they should have i'm just not you know we're we're building a platform here into future discussion on this. Um, but mizzou was up six at that point of course after that happens, Jackson State gets the ball, scores. Um, you know, if Mizzou has the ball up six in that situation, that game is probably over. You know, and you're just starting at that point. And then everything after that point just went wrong. You know, offensively, defensively, they could not do anything correct. And it was just a disaster from that point forward. And it, I went back to that thinking, I was like, why, why would you not review that? And it kind of I don't know if we want to get into the lineups now, but it, you know, kind of is another piece in this puzzle. Like what is going on? What are we watching in these first few games? And, you know, I, I'm not in the locker room. I don't know, but it just seems like winning the game right now isn't the primary goal of these games. And that's curious to me. Well, yeah, you know, especially when you sort of take into account how the roster is assembled. Um, you know, this last offseason, you you could have gone in a more youthful direction. 
Um, you know, you could have looked at Nick Honor and Sean East, you know, in the eye and said, look, like we're interested in making sure that this is built sustainably for the foreseeable future. We want to make sure that we have, we've got three young guys coming in that we like a lot. Uh, we want to make sure that they're getting exposure and, and, and time to, to operate and time to grow. Um, you know, we have a class coming in behind them that we're very excited about and, and we really want to, you know, build this thing up. Um, what we want from you guys is we want leadership. You know, it may be bumpy. Uh, and I think you can, you can reasonably sell that, uh, especially considering, you know, like sort of selling them on this, this role of being, you know, like the guys who really were they're building the first bricks of what could be right. Mm -hmm. And like, that's, that's the sale, but in, you know, instead that he goes out uh, and, you know, they get Caleb grill, they get, uh, you know, John Tanji, they get, um, you know, Connor Vanover guys who are very experienced in college basketball. Uh, and if you're bringing in guys you know, with their last year to play, like the sale for those guys is a chance to play for a high major that's going to play in the NCAA tournament. Like, I don't, I don't know any other, like, I, like, I can't imagine, <laughs> yeah, like a, a, any of those guys being like, oh yeah, like I want to go, you know, be a part of a rebuild, right? right. You know, well, like, I mean, we, we saw it with Connor Vanover. He was looking to go pro, and that's why he had to sit out the first three games for playing in the Portsmouth Invitational. Right. Um, I, I don't think Connor Vanover is transferring back to a conference that he left previously to do, <laughs> you know, to not have a significant role, to not be on a competitive team. I mean, he's he's been in college for, what, five, six years now? Like, yeah. That, that doesn't jive. So I, I 100% agree with that. Yeah, so I think like we've we've got these these super seniors now who uh, very much want to be like basically in the same situation that Missouri was in last year, where you know you're you're competitive in the league that you're playing and you're an NCAA tournament team, um, and so and this is a probably a good way to pivot to the lineups. I like I don't really know what. The, the plan is it seems to be a mixture of both trying to like win but also get young guys experience uh, but then he makes decisions uh in substitutions where you're like like you know against jackson state both tanji and vanover barely played and i mm -hmm. understand like like we've we've all seen John Tanji and and I don't know about how you feel about it. I know how I feel about it, and I I don't know that he's a hundred percent right. He looks well enough to play, but he doesn't look like he has quite the same explosiveness or or athleticism that he had last year. Uh, is that related to his whatever lower body, foot, ankle, whatever he was dealing with, uh, you know, in, in the preseason? Yeah, probably. So maybe they're they're being careful. Okay. You can sell me on that. We've heard no such thing about Connor Vanover, uh, and he played even less. And and here's a guy, you know, with a team who's, you know, really kind of beating you up pretty badly on the boards. Um, you know, for well, I, I qualify that a little bit by saying 
you should never get beat. You should never play even, which Missouri basically no. did against the SWAC team. And, uh, you know, like they're, they're an athletic SWAC team, but they're a SWAC team and, and they don't have the size. Like they, their point guard is smaller than Nick, Nick Honor, which is not something you will hear a lot. Um, so like not playing those guys more, you know, and I don't, I don't know what's going through Dennis's, uh, Dennis Gates head, um, what his staff, what they talk about, but I don't see a coherent, like searching for what lineups he thinks are going to work come conference time. And I think like, that's kind of the thing that we're looking to see is, is, who is this team going to rely upon other than Sean East and Nick Honor, who seem to be the guys who are certainly get, getting the bulk of the minutes? Yeah, I, I would agree. And, you know, there's there's the caveat that we don't know about John Tanjay's health. You know, I, I'm of the opinion that if he's healthy enough to start, he should be healthy enough to play. And if he's not healthy enough to play, he's not healthy enough to start, you know. I, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but if the only way to be conservative, in my opinion, is to not play him at all. Um, but Connor Vanover, you know, he had to sit out three games. I am under the assumption that he's been with the team, you know, during this period of time that you're just missing game time, which while valuable, wouldn't, wouldn't you then want to get him into game time in these early games against Jackson state, Loyola, even Minnesota for that matter, to get him acclimated for future games. He started, played what, four minutes, I think. Um, I know he's that played, he's played 10 minutes total. Right. And, you know, it's, it's one thing if you, if you're not planning on them being a huge focal point of the rotation in the game, you know, I assume, and I could be wrong on this when you're going into a game against Jackson state, you're assuming you're going to win the game. You know, that's the reasonable assumption of any division, high major division, division one basketball coach. Um, Jackson State is not a good basketball team. They're, you know, they may make the NCAA tournament by winning the automatic bid at 10 and 21 or whatever on the season. They are not a good basketball team when it comes to what Mizzou should be playing. There's a reason you pay them to come play at your arena and you don't go play them anywhere else. They need the money. Mizzou needs the win, and that's how it works. Um, often, I shouldn't say often, but that doesn't go to plan at times, and that happened last night. But point being, when you're going into this game, you're expecting to win. You start Connor Vanover, John Tanjay. If you build a lead, I can get it. You know, pull those guys out if they're not doing what you want, or you know, you're a little concerned about the health, whatever. But at no point in the game last night was Mizzou ever in a comfortable position to win that game from start to finish. I don't believe they ever reached a double digit lead. I think, I think the probably biggest lead was eight. Yeah. I think analytically the closest they came to winning that game in the second half is when they were up six with two minutes left. And the, the lineups there were curious as well, but you know, I look back to when they were at Minnesota and it even goes back to Memphis as well. When they're down in the second half, who did Dennis Gates bring in? when they were down. I mean, I know the lineup against Minnesota was um, Nick Honor, Noah Carter, along with Trent Pierce, um, Anthony Robinson, and Kurt Lewis. Kurt Lewis had maybe not even played in the previous game. And then two freshmen and then two 
two seniors, so I can totally understand that. But is that really the lineup? And it worked, but is that really the lineup you look at going into a game and saying, hey, this is what I think we're going to need to be successful? It worked out that way, and the lineups did not work out last night. Um, you know, and you look at just the the timeshares of some of these players, and it's it's curious to say the least. You know, the freshmen are getting a lot of time. Um, Anthony Robinson, I believe, is pushing 40% of minutes played, which, you know, he's been good. So I really don't have a lot of qualms with that, with the caveat being that arguably your two best players are also point guards. You know, so when you're playing him and Sean East is leading the team with nearly 80% of minutes played, Nick Honor, 70%, your three point guards are basically playing two full spots worth of minute shares. Mm-hmm. Um, is that wise? I'm not sure. Um, you know, and then you look at a guy like Trent Pierce, also a freshman, had a lot of accolades. He's performed okay when he's been in, hasn't seen the time. Jonathan Butler, Jordan Butler. I always call him his brother. <laughs> Jordan Butler. <laughs> it's okay. I don't, I don't think it would be a, a dive cuts podcast without accidentally calling Jordan Butler Jonathan. <laughs> Um, where is Jonathan Butler playing anyway in the NBA? Is he on a is he on an NBA roster? Last I thought was maybe the Kings. Okay. Well, I'm sure not a lot of our listeners care. I was just curious, but Jordan Butler's even seen a pretty big increase over what I expected. And a lot of these minutes are coming at the expense of Connor Vanover and John Tanjay. And the question is why? Um, you know, for three games, Connor Vanover, the explanation was very easily. For the last two games, not so much. John Tanjay has played in four straight games, but he's had his minutes kind of going up and down and not seeing what you quite expect. Is he not healthy? We don't know. Um, you know, so it's just, <laughs> there's a lot of questions I have. And even yesterday, I think Noah Carter played 20 minutes um, in yesterday's game where he played significantly more against Minnesota. And, um, you know, when you're going down the stretch, wouldn't you want, one of your most proven, one of your best players on the floor. I don't know. We, we didn't see it. Um, yeah, well, it's just... I, I would also, you know, bring back. So, you know, th- this is another thing that I, I found curious sort of in the moment. Um, and the last two games have come down to single possessions where a substitution was possible mm-hmm. in the game against Minnesota. Dennis Gates did not, sub in a superior defensive team. Like I, I would have thought that you would have wanted a little bit of rim protection, a little bit of athleticism, somebody who could affect shots. Um, and he, he stuck with his, his two senior guards. Um, there was a smaller lineup on the court with, with Noah Carter and uh, I believe um, Tamar Bates. Uh, and I don't remember who the fifth guy was. Uh, off the top of my head, but I think it might have been was, Lewis, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right. Yeah, so a smaller, smaller lineup. And at, at the time, I'm thinking, wow, like, man, I would really think like subbing in some size, some athleticism would be helpful. Like, I would want Tamar Bates. Like, I would say Sean East, Tamar Bates, uh, you know, maybe Aiden, and you know, somebody big, uh, you know, in the middle to to grab a rebound. Um, you know, they, they got away with it and, and it was fine. But the, you know, the whole time as, as Minnesota's bringing the ball up, I'm thinking like, what is Sean East doing? 
<laughs> he's like just running around like half I don't know running interference <clears throat> but then but then last night he he subs Sean East out and brings in Anthony Robinson and and Ant really allowed a more experienced player to dictate the shot that he wanted and didn't didn't force him to turn at all in the backcourt uh didn't really make him take that tough of a, of a shot. And, and so the whole, you know, again, this kind of goes back to like, I'm not really sure what the philosophy is here. Um, like, what are we, what are we, what are we trying to accomplish? If, if you were going to sub in a more athletic, like, you know, defender, like Anthony Robinson, maybe would have been better off going in the game against Minnesota. Uh, and then, like you know but doing it against jackson like i but i still like i wouldn't want ant on the ball and i think like that's that's another thing is like you don't you want your best defender on the ball like who do you think is going to take the shot well minnesota had already kind of run the clock down and let uh christy you know take the you know the, the the final shot in possession before and he's bringing the ball up well like that's perfect for tamar bates okay you know, tomorrow, go defend him, make him take a tough shot. Um, you know, again, like they, they, they successfully navigated that play, but they gave up an offensive rebound. Fortunately, it, <laughs> it bounced a little too far away and, and the clock expired before Mitchell could get, you know, a, a shot off, but it just sort of kind of becomes this theme where like, we aren't really sure what, what Dennis Gates is trying to achieve. Now, only Dennis Gates knows what he's trying to achieve here. Um, and I don't want to like assume that I know more about Dennis right. Gates team than he does, you know, but it's weird to watch, especially for, you know, a team that played so seamlessly a year ago, at least offensively, they were always pretty bad defensively. Um, but they always looked like they knew what they were doing you know, in, in offensive situations. And, and I, I like, I, I don't, I don't know what to think about this team yet. Um, and so like, I think like I jokingly kind of, you know, set up a, you know, a banner for us to talk about, you know, but it, like, it's a worthwhile question at this point is like, are they, are they any good? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. 
Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, they've had a start against Memphis that looked good. They had a finish against Minnesota that looked good. They've done what they needed to do against SIUE and, and Arkansas Pine Bluff. But outside of that, you you played horribly in a lot of the, the competition against the higher majors. Uh, and then you you basically, you know, toy around and, and, you know, take a loss to a SWAC team. Like, that's not something a good team does. No, I agree. And the, the, it's just at this point, it's, it's an incomplete for me. Uh, you know, I, there's, there's no way to know if they're going to be good or bad because we, we don't know who they are yet. Um, and that kind of gets back to what I was saying earlier, you know, like if the goal last night throughout the entire game was to win that game, I don't know what the strategy was in doing that. Like, I, I just don't. And that doesn't mean there wasn't one. That doesn't mean I'm wrong or right. It just, I don't know what it was. And, you know, I watch a lot of, I watch a lot of basketball. Generally speaking, watching games, you can kind of feel what what's going on here, what they're trying to do. And, you know, it may be very possible that Dennis Gates is using these games as a trial grounds without you know, with some care, but with less care for the outcome of the games to build his team for the future. And that's fine. You know, when we get to January or February, we can have an opinion on that. I, I don't know whether that's going to, I don't know how that'll shake out, but just last night, what we know at this point is it was very confusing, at least to me. Yeah. I, I mean, I was confused as well. You know, and, and it's also entirely possible, uh, you know, I'm sure like anybody who's played sports sort of been in that situation where you just sort of think you're going to win. And really, I would say up until that shot went in at the end, like the whole time I was like, you know, Missouri's playing horribly, but they're going to win. Like that was, that was basically, you know, how I felt. Um, I think I was up, up to that point until honor missed the first free throw. <laughs> yeah. Then it, then it was, then it was like, this might not end well. <laughs> you gotta right, get, right. you gotta get a stop in two straight games at the buzzer. Eh, you know, that's, that's asking a lot. So no matter. Yeah, and, and, no, but that, 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 that is valid. Cause you know, but it is still like at the end of the game mm-hmm. when you're like, well, okay. <clears throat> like maybe they won't win this game. Um, you know, but even like as you're watching and as you're being frustrated, you're watching, you, you still think they're going to win, right? And I, so I think like maybe there's a part of the approach 
where if you think you're going to win, uh, then maybe you are way more, uh, trying to think of the right way to say this. Um, you're a lot just more willing to experiment. And that's what it feels like a lot of this early going has been is, has just been Gates trying to sort of see what works. I think where I'm the only really er, real big area that I'm questioning this is he seems to be a lot more willing to experiment with guys who I don't think will be helping him in the middle of February. And maybe there's this element of him, you know, being the psychologist and trying to make sure that everybody is as invested right now. So they stay invested later. Um, you know, and I, I know that everybody is sort of like, I guess, sort of pumping, uh, Hayes's Carol or Martin for, you know, how well he played against, uh, you know, Jackson state, but I just can't help but think like, while he's out on the floor, you're not playing Connor Vanover. You're not playing Aiden Shaw. You're not playing Trent Pierce. You aren't paying, uh, playing these other guys who longer term are probably more likely to be higher impact, you know, for you in, in an SEC schedule. Yeah. So I, you know, like, and not to pick on, on Zeus. Cause you know, I, I think he, like he's again, like he was one of the few guys that was doing anything sort of <laughs> with an effort, true. uh, you know, against Jackson state, um, you know, but, but it is, it is at least curious to see where, uh, you know, who gets a longer leash for one. Um, and certainly he's one of the guys that seems to have a longer leash. You know, and, and then you see like Tanji and Vanover, and again, not knowing how healthy Tanji is, like you don't want to harp on that a whole lot. But I did, like I've seen Connor Vanover play for ten minutes. I haven't seen him really do anything wrong. Uh, he looks like Connor Vanover does. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he big, like tall. You recruited to bring in. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's not knocking down threes left and right, but we knew he wasn't a great shooter coming in. He has the capability to make those shots, but he's not. Yeah, it's not the most consistent at making them. So, I like again, like yeah, you know, without just kind of harping on this, like I really feel like, and again, I think even coming in after Minnesota, you were thinking, okay, like here are three bye games. It's a chance to kind of get your rotations down, and it costs you a game. Mm-hmm. It costs you a game in a really bad way, and. I, I really wanted to go back and look and find all the uh, the number of times like SWAC teams have beaten high majors, um, but work got a little busy today, and uh, <laughs> I didn't didn't have time to like find all that I I did see that that Grambling, um, I believe Cartier Gordon was still playing for for Grambling last year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they did beat Vandy at Vandy. Yeah, and you, um... and you know who didn't make the NCAA tournament last year? Uh, Vanderbilt. <laughs> Vanderbilt. Hey, you think losing a home game to a SWAC team may have cost them, even though they went 11 and seven in league play? Yeah, I would say Vandy had a little 
that was a big issue. Vandy had a few more issues in the non-conference um, than just that. But I mean, the, hey, the Missouri's the, trending that way, bud. <laughs> no, it's 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 a question mark, and uh, you know, I think last year, just for out of curiosity's sake, I cracked open the old um, bracketology spreadsheets and scrolled down through, and I think there were eight at-large teams that dropped a quad four game last last year and three of them dropped multiple quad four games and then i believe there's one i think it was usc but don't quote me on that but there was one team that lost two quad four games and a quad three game and still earned an at-large bid now that being said those the bubble is always soft. The bubble the, is all like everyone's like, how is this team a bubble team? They have these like it's right. soft every year. Everybody is is mediocre. That said, the time for talking tournament expectations and hope is not after losing to Jackson State. It's after reeling off a series of wins that gets you in that conversation. And then you can talk about explaining away Jackson State. Um, we're we're not at that point yet. And you know, it, it goes back to we just don't know who this team is and who's going to make it up and and how much and how much proportion. Uh, you know, we we feel pretty good that Nick Honor and Noah Carter are going to see a lot of minutes. Sean East is playing more than I expected, probably more than you'd probably hope to see. Um, you know, there's for a for a team that at least wants to play up tempo and press and whatnot. Eighty percent of minutes is a lot. No one approached that last year, even with a short bench. Um, but that that's just another another kind of feather in the cap of, you know, what 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 is the idea early in the season? You know, if you're wanting to get Anthony Robinson more involved and then Sean East is playing 80% of minutes and Noah Carter is playing 70% of minutes, whose minutes are you taking? You know, and it, why isn't it kind of more of a give and take for a more natural replacement at the point guard position than you know playing two or three point guards at the same time and don't get me wrong i love point guards but you know we, we just, like ball handling right um <clears throat> but when you've got young guys out the wazoo at the the bigger end of the spectrum when jonathan did it again jordan butler and uh trent pierce and then even you know Aiden Shaw is still not what I would consider seasoned. You know, you've got those guys wanting minutes. Um, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. We'll, we'll see as it goes on. It's too early to make any grand proclamations as to these guys that are going to be playing. This is in, in any way indicative of how it's going to be two months from now. It's just, it's a little perplexing at this point. Well, so, you know, coming up, there are still two more buy games. Uh, that in theory should be wins, um, you know, in the, in defense of, of Dennis Gates and Missouri, there have been a lot of surprise upsets of, you know, mid-major, low-majors on the road beating, you know, teams that are expected to be very good. Um, Bryant just beat Florida Atlantic. Um I know that sure that there's a lot of people that may think for Atlantic are a little fraudulent. I don't think they are. I thought they were a really good basketball team. Uh, they're still probably going to be in contention to win uh, their league along with Memphis. Um, you know, 
James Madison went to Michigan State. Michigan State is a, you know, Big Ten contender. Uh, and and they won that game. Um, the, uh, and there's been several others, um, you know, but, you know, the main thing is here, I think we're going to see a lot of, you know, and, and not maybe loads, but a, a lot of, of, you know, games where mid-majors are beating high-majors. And when you, when you turn so many rosters over year in and year out, and, and the, the continuity is what it is at the high-major level, there's likely to be some, some bumpy nights. And Missouri has run into a few extras. Uh, Jackson State is now a top 300 uh, Kempom club. The next two opponents are not. Uh, South Carolina State is at 343. Loyola Maryland is at 321. Uh, Jackson State, by comparison, 284. Um, um, by the way, they're not yet top 300 teams. <clears throat> what's that? I said they're oh, not would... yet top 300 teams. <laughs> Current, it's amazing how beating a beating a top ranking. 75 team does that, right? I don't yeah. expect that to happen, but that's that's how these things happen. Well, Jackson State did actually start the year. Uh they were in the low 200s. Yeah, they were in the 219. I guess, like, yeah. Um, I think yeah. they had some really really bad shooting nights. Um yeah, particularly against Tulsa, I think is they were horrible shooting the ball. Mm. Um, you know, but this is not a Jackson State pod. Uh, we we're talking about South Carolina State because um, I wanted to at least give people a little bit of a look into what the the Bulldogs from Orangeburg, South Carolina. I would not have guessed that um, they're two and two with wins over North Florida. Uh, and Voorhees. That's uh, Voorhees, right? Yeah. Uh, no, Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. Um, That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So Jason Voorhees and, and his mother. Um, so couldn't quite pull South off Carolina the State, <laughs> South Carolina State lost to South Florida. South Florida's not very good uh, by close to 40 points. And then they have just lost to Stanford uh, by 17. Um, so they're they're not very good. Um, and then they have Loyola of Maryland. Uh, Loyola the, of Maryland. The lowest of the three Loyolas. Loyola Chicago, <laughs> Loyola Marymount. And there might even be another one. I don't know. But this There's one's a Loyola lowest. in uh, <clears throat> New Orleans. Orleans. I don't know yeah. if they're D one or not. They have a good law school. I would. <laughs> <laughs> I would uh, more basketball rankings than I do about law school rankings. That that's yeah. That's I, I, I don't know where the law school ranks. I was just like I had a, a buddy who was like living down there, and he uh, he started taking law classes, and he's just like law school is really good. I was like, okay, I, I did not know that. Um, but Loyola Maryland is one and four. <laughs> Their lone win is over Brown in overtime. Uh, they lost to Florida, University of Florida, the Gators. Um, everybody's favorite, Todd Golden, by 20. Uh, they lost to Binghamton uh, by six. 
They lost by 15 to Sacred Heart and UMBC uh, by 15. Hmm. Um, So we are in in an area where like these are two games that Missouri should win, uh, but by how much? And one of the things that we were kind of talking about in our Slack chat is, is at some point Missouri needs to start making up ground and they need to run up the score. Like beating one of these teams by 50 would be a great thing for them analytically. Uh, when you consider the fact that they started the season, uh, you know, 55th and now they're 85th. Uh, and then because after next week, like the road doesn't get easier. So you're um, on the road at Pittsburgh, you're at home against Wichita, then you go to Kansas, uh, then you have Seton Hall in Kansas City, and you have Illinois, uh, and then you get Central Arkansas to, to wrap the non-con up. Um, Pittsburgh's currently 40th, Wichita State's in the top 100 at 98, Kansas is fourth, Seton Hall's 52, Illinois is 28. Uh, the only game they're projected to win out of that group is Wichita State. And that's because it's a home game. So they need to like get right pretty fast. Um, do I think that Missouri can beat Pittsburgh and can beat uh, Seton Hall and can beat Illinois? Yeah, I do because I, you know I, I think the talents there on the roster. I just don't think they're playing very well yet. Um, you know, but they've got a week to figure it out with South Carolina state Loyola, you know, before that, that stretch starts, uh, what are we hoping to see over the next week? Well, I'm glad you asked. The thing that I want to see, first of all, without question, excuse me, you have to prove that Sunday night was an outlier. And the easiest way to do that is to fix the biggest problem. That is never a problem for Mizzou. And that's the turnovers. It was just I've never seen a Dennis Gates team, at least at Mizzou, handle the ball as poorly as they did. Uh, you know, it's just I was having problems watching on my on my TV. The kids were draining the internet on their shows, so I had to switch over to the phone. But every time it would jump and stop, Mizzou was turning the ball over. I mean, it was just it was nonstop. What did they end up with? Eighteen turnovers and seventy-one possessions. Eighteen, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, they're they're. Their point guards combined for five, which, uh, and if you include Anthony Robinson, <laughs> uh, nine total of the, yeah, the three I mean, point guards. That's absurd. The, you just you can't have that. Mizzou isn't the most talented team in the country. They're not the best defensive team in the country. They're not the best shooting team in the country. What they have is a stable of veteran ball handlers, and they have multiple perimeter players who are experienced and, you know, with guys, guys like John Tanjay, Tamar Bates, Caleb Grill, that, you know, these are guys that you're relying on to win you games by not losing them. And Mizzou actively lost the game last night, um, you know, and that's just not something that we've come accustomed to seeing with Dennis Gates teams. I, I tweeted out this morning that one of the, one of the things I track is the points lost via turnover and, it's kind of convoluted, but in essence, how many points did the offense lose by turning the ball over? And that both in live ball transition buckets for the opponent and points you lose offensively for excess turnovers. 
And the total of this game, I believe, was the sixth highest since Conza Martins last year. Um, it was the second highest of the Dennis Gates era with uh, Kansas last year being slightly higher, you know, a team that was top five most of the season. Um, the year prior, Conzo's last year here, there was four such instances against Florida State, LSU twice, which was an elite defense, and uh, Arkansas when they lost by, I don't know, what, 2,000 down in Fayetteville. Um, it was like 30 to nothing before the game even started. These are the types of ball handling performances that, Jackson State forced Mizzou into, and that just boggles my mind how they could be so bad at that. Jackson mm -hmm. State wants, wants you to turn the ball over. That's what their game plan is. A, you should know that. B, it's a SWAC team. It shouldn't happen. End of story. You know, so that needs to, <clears throat> excuse me, that needs to prove to be an outlier, first of all. If that is not an outlier and that is par for the course, start planning for next season. It's, you know, this team can't win when they're hemorrhaging turnovers like they did. Second of all, I want to see a little bit more of an identity of what this team is. Um, you know, we've had a game pushing 80 possessions in the first game of the season. And I, what was it against SIUE, like 61, 62? What are we doing? <clears throat> are we a team that wants to run up and down the court? Are we going to get out and press the, the press numbers? The rates of times Mizzou has pressed the opponent has varied widely from game to game. Um, <clears throat> you know, what what is our philosophy going to be? If it, you know, if you're playing 11, 12 guys, I would hope it's going to be the up tempo. You know, you're not going to run 10 or 11 guys in when you're scratching to get 60 possessions in a game. That's totally unnecessary. Um, <clears throat> so, what are we doing in that in that respect? Is are we going to see more zone defense this year? Um, Dennis Gates and even Florida State to that extent use zone more than most teams, even though it's not their primary defense. Um, offensively, Matt Harris is probably more apt to speak on this, but are we are we seeing a complete move away from the point series, the the high post, the Princeton concepts, and going to all five out? Um, you know, is it a mesh? Where's the point? You know, why are we doing one versus the other? Is this just an experiment? You know, and <clears throat> I just want to see what guys are going to be the core of this team because we just don't know that yet. And, you know, until the lineups get sorted out in a little bit more consistent fashion, I don't know that we will know. But, uh, you know, those are kind of the things that I'm looking for. And then, of course, wins, you know, it, <laughs> You, you can write off one terrible loss as a kind of a fluke. More than one, especially in quick succession, would be – that would be bad, bad news. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it is one of those that, you know, I, I, I do think they're going to win the next two games. Um, there's no reason for me to, you know, think that, like – they're going to play as poorly as they did uh, and be as ill-prepared. You know, maybe it's one of those things where, you know, you come off this emotional win, uh, you know, where you expended a lot of, uh, you know, like just going to repeat myself emotion, uh, you know, to kind of get it, get it all back. And then you come home, I guess a team that you are sure you're going to be in a, in front of a half, not even half full, like it was a, a pretty light crowd because it's, you know, it's Thanksgiving week, students are already, you know, heading home. 
uh, and you, you basically just don't show up. And I think that if anything, that should be like a good wake up call to me. It's, it, 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 it is going to come down a little bit to style points though. Um, are you, you know, beating South Carolina state by 10, 12, or are you beating them by 30? Um, if you're beating them by 30, then I'm like, all right, like, okay, like we need to, we still have things to work on, but we're, we're getting back to what we think we can be. Um, you know, but if it's a close game, then, you know, like I'm, I'm starting to wonder like where that gear is going to kick in. And if we're going to see it in time before things start to get a lot tougher. Um, so that's all I've got. Yeah. I mean, obviously the margin would be nice. Um, I guess me personally, I'd rather see, you know, the types of things I was looking for in a 15 point victory than lineups all over the board. And Mizzou has a heater where they shoot 60% from three point range and win by 30. You know, it, I'm not going to be upset with that by any means. I would not mind if they shot that well. Like that would be, it would be nice to see. Uh, but see, the thing know, is they didn't even shoot that poorly last night. I mean, they had what a 54 point. One they were like 30, yeah. 37 or thirty eight percent from three, and yeah, yeah almost uh, like fifty something, fifty eight or nine from two. Yeah, I mean they they shot the ball well enough. Jackson State didn't shoot the ball too well. Yeah, it's no just, Missouri shot the ball better. Uh, yeah, it's just I mean, it, but Jackson State had had five more uh, possessions if you right. don't account for turn or if you account for turnovers. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, five, really five extra shots, basically. I mean, typically in, a, in an upset like that, you see either a horrendous shooting effort by the home team yeah. or, so major, I mentioned... or an outlier shooting performance by the mm-hmm. visiting team. That's what happened with Charleston Southern when they came in here. Mizzou couldn't buy a bucket. Charleston Southern got hot, and that's how they lost. But the game last night, that didn't happen. I mean, it was just Mizzou was not being Mizzou. Yeah, and I like I think Michigan State, when they lost to James Madison, were like one of 20 from, from three. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like Missouri shot the ball well enough where you you wouldn't think that they the game would have been close. If they had taken care of the ball, it wouldn't have been close. Uh, well, we're going to get out of here. Yeah. Um, I also, I, I think we're probably going to run, yeah, maybe at the beginning of the pod, the ad for the, um, the, the, the T-shirt. This T-shirt and put it up here. Just cover there us it up. Is. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> so let's see. We got we got Memphis, Memphis on there. Pull that back. Yeah. So Memphis, uh, you want to put it Knoxville. back? What is Middle Tennessee State? What what is that? Uh, Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro. That's right. In uh, Nashville. In Nashville. There we go. Murfreesboro. Yeah, Murfreesboro. Yeah, whatever. Kirby, oh, well, Kermit, like Kermit Mur- uh, Davis's last Burrow, Really, guys? Like, like that's what we went with? <laughs> like, was was Murfreeze? Was it like Murphy and then like, you know, Freesburg or something like like Dave, the founders? I don't like I don't I'm not going to look it up, but that's a ridiculous name for a town. Um, yeah, so you can go to the website. Uh, I, I've recorded an ad. I'm sure it's, it's ridiculous. Um, go get your t-shirt. 
uh, we're really excited about you know being able to kind of do stuff like this. We're going to do more, uh, at least if it does well. Um, <clears throat> I don't have I don't have numbers on it yet, but uh, go buy your T-shirt and uh, yeah, support Mizzou NIL. And uh, so next week uh, we'll see if the other Matt shows up or not. Otherwise, I will be here with somebody recording another podcast and talking about Mizzou basketball. Thanks everybody for tuning in and uh, yeah, we'll talk next week. Thank you everyone for tuning in to Rock M Radio, a proud partner of Fans First Sports Network. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to see more just like it beamed directly into your personal device, just click the subscribe button below. Uh, and you can find this podcast through the Apple Podcast app or for iPhone or the Google Podcast app for Android or whatever app you use to listen to your podcast. Uh, we are also available on Spotify. Just search for Rock M Radio. Uh, and if you like other sports, Fans First Sports Network uh, is a podcast network that has uh, coverage of all other teams, Major League Baseball, uh, MLS, uh, NFL, whatever you want uh, to listen and, and read about. It is a great, great network full of really fantastic podcasts. So look them up and subscribe. Uh, to any and all of those podcasts. Uh, Rock M Radio will be back with more episodes coming soon. Thanks. Thanks.